Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club. This is Matt Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. Number 46 in the 50 most relevant this year. Collingwood Magpies defensive eligible option, Jack Crisp. He has been one of really the most durable and consistent defenders in the game over the past five years. He deserves his place in the 50 most relevant. And to talk through all things crispy, i got Rids on the line. Hello, mate. Hey, how you going, MJ? I'm good, man. Look, he's one of those guys that for draft coaches and daily fantasy coaches, he's been a favorite because he's got a pretty handy ceiling about him. Also got a bit of a basement. But it's probably been in the past two years, really, that salary cap formats, both Supercoach in 2018 and AFL Fantasy and Dream Team in 2019, we've started to see just how good of an option he really can be. And we're going to chat about that uh, a whole more throughout this episode. He's only 26. His best sport last year across all the formats came in Supercoach, was against the Tigers, a 123, and in Fantasy and Dream Team against the Tigers as well. It was a 142. His average last year in Fantasy and Dream Team, just shy of that 98 market, 97.7 and 88.9 for Supercoach. At time of recording, the AFL Fantasy price is yet to be announced, but he's going to set you back a fair bit uh, in Supercoach, $482,800, which, you know, it's not too bad given what you're going to be paying for. And then when we're talking about him in Dream Team, he's just $706,000 thousand dollars and uh 500 to throw that really rounded up but rids we talk about him he's been synonymous with calling over a a couple of years and the way he got there was through the first of the trades with brisbane involving dane beams yeah that's exactly right so collingwood ended up with the and crisp out of that trade so that's not a bad effort is it really no and then you know just three or four years later end up with the bloke that you traded out so you know swings and roundabouts in life hey he did come to collingwood as kind of a part-time midfielder part-time 40 then sort of found his role shifting into the a bit of a midfield tagging shutdown role and actually was doing quite a good job but really mate it's been probably in the past couple of years he's become a crucial member of the pies backline six and a part of really what they've been able to deliver in terms of success without the ultimate success on the footy field the past two years no that's exactly right and collingwood is actually fantasy friendly as Mm. well so the way that they play, the way they move the ball. If you have a look at all of their lines, they've pretty much got a player in the top echelon on all the lines. Whether you look at Trelaw, Pendlebury, Agrundi, Degoe should be pushing up into that next bracket in the forwards this year. So, I mean, Chris obviously is the one in the defenders. And the thing that interests me about Jack Crisp is pretty much he is that little step down from the higher premiums, but he's got the same feeling as them. So, so if you can get him and he has a run early, then, I mean, you're well and truly away. 
And he is that sort of player that can go on scoring runs uh, across his career, both pre-2019 and throughout the 2019 season. You're right, he's got that ceiling where he's got those big 120s, big 140s in his capacity, but then he can go and hit multiple hundreds uh, week in and week out. You look across his 2019 data uh, for AFL Dream Team and for AFL Fantasy from round 5 through to round 8, his lowest score was a 103 from round 14 to one eight uh, to round 18 his lowest score was a 101 um so he's got this scoring potential about him he averaged 25 possessions last year 17 of them were uncontested so he can get on the outside uh, gets involved on the score involvements as well as the rebound 50s but last year was his best AFL fantasy season ever a 97.7 between round 5 and 20. I gave you a couple of those numbers, but he just had one score below 84. And across the year, he posted 1,200s in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, which is impressive, but he's just got three scores below 75 as well, which means when he does hit his basement, it's not that frequent and it's not that painful. And the other thing about that is we could pretty much... If you have a look at last year, okay, where he's had 1,200s in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy, but he's only had four in Supercoach. So for him to be in the top 15, 16 defenders for this year, price-wise, just shows there's got to be some sort of improvement there. There, there is scope for improvement with Supercoach. So the year before, I believe, was a much better year for Supercoach. So... This year, though, moving into the AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, we can see that natural progression. He's almost taken on that leadership role. He's gone into the high 90s as an average for the year. Yeah. And I actually think he's a serious, serious option. And if anything, he's going to be a unique serious top five defender. Certainly will be. We talk about that super coach year, averaging 88.9 in a down year. Um, for total points, he was ranked 10th for last year. Average, it's a little bit further back. Just the four tons that you alluded to, but it's that 2018 that was so strong. 10 times he scored 100 or more, and seven of those are 110. So we know he's got the super coach scoring to not just the AFL fantasy scoring about him. And you do touch on that interesting point about him being unique. I'm seeing a lot of team pickers out for Supercoach and Dream Team AFL Fantasy. You might be doing it in other sites. Uh, no official early access through that format of the game. But I am seeing a lot of very similar teams, which is Lloyd, Laird, Doherty as kind of the top three. There are some uniques, and we've talked about one of them a few days ago in Dan Houston, but while he's on the upper echelon of the price, he's still not top-priced, and he does present value across all the formats for us, albeit more so in Supercoach at the moment than AFL Fantasy. Yeah, spot on. And so I actually think people will have to look outside the square a little bit for their fourth, fifth, and sixth defenders. That's where he comes into his own, like... Someone who's got that durability, yeah. but that ceiling as your fourth, fifth or sixth defender is absolutely massive. But the thing with Chris McKay is because he's got the, such that range, he has that ceiling, but he's also got a reasonably low floor. It means that you're better off getting him for the whole season mm. because he will hurt you in a stretch. Yes, so exactly. If you look at someone, yeah, so if you look at someone like a Laird or maybe a unknown as Doherty, who's coming back from a couple of knee recos, potentially they may not hurt you as much on the scoreboard as does Chris if he has a four-week, six-week 
you know, hot patch. Yeah, and, and he showed last year and in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team in the year prior in Supercoach, he's got the capacity to do five, six weeks in a row of hundreds and throw in a couple of big times. You get that uniqueness, oh man, you're away. And I, I think when we do talk about how we play these games, everyone plays them a little bit differently with different strategies and mindsets, both with starting squads and trade-in options across the year. But when I'm talking premium defenders, I suppose you could say it for, for all premiums across all lines, but really three of the things that you're looking for, isn't it, is I'm looking for scoring ceiling. I want a guy that's going to be able to hurt others that don't have him. I want to have a guy that has got relative scoring consistency so that deviation or the variables between his peaks and his troughs, you know, or his floor and his ceiling, whatever you want to call it, is not drastically crazy. And he's durable. I want to pick a guy, especially in my starting squad, that I'm not thinking, okay, I'm going to have to trade him out here or or go for a bench option here. But ever since he's been at Collingwood the past five seasons, he hasn't missed a game. Like, that's incredible durability, Rids. 100%. But the other thing that you're really, really, really looking for is having that point of difference that is an actual point of difference. I mean, if you have a look, okay, at the team picker just for Dream Team, okay, at this point in time, Jack Crisp was the third highest averaging defender. And if you have a look at that list when we go down, of course you can make a case for Jake Lloyd, okay? He's yeah. been that consistent type for the last few years. Um, Hooley, however, is getting older, okay? So we just don't know the impact. Will he keep maintaining this through the year? Who knows? Led. Again, as you highlighted again, he's going to be popular across the board. But then you've got those other guys that will not hurt you, okay? You've got Tom Stewart. You've got Caleb Daniel. You've got the Nick Newmans and the Zach Williams. Mm. Now, if you didn't start Nick Newman or Zach Williams last year at those less prices, it's going to be very hard to do it at their upper price tag now. Yeah. And then you've got a Shannon Hearn, who, again is not as dream team relevant as it's going on. So to me, okay, Chris actually looks like a clear top four or five option in the defenders for dream team and AFL fantasy. Supercoach, however, is a little bit of a punt because you're looking at him at a slightly lower one. But for Dream Team Fantasy, I think he's as good an option as there is. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think, you know, if you look at what he's been able to do, you know, 56% of the time in his past two years, he's scored 90 or more in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. Pretty similar uh, sort of numbers to um, in Supercoach. But it's his pre- and post-buy-round splits that is interesting for me, Rids. Just using the past two years of data any further feels a little bit of a stretch to be able to do that. But pre- and post buy rounds for AFL Fantasy is 93 before the round 18 buy, 80 after it. So he slowed that year. However, in 2019, 91 in the first 12 games before the multi-buy round, and then 105 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team over the final 10 games. In Supercoach, 96 pre-buy round, 95 pre-buy round in 18. So no real deviation there. And pretty similar in Supercoach as well. 87 for the fi- for the first 12 games of last year, and then an average of 90 on the run home. There's some solid splits there. Yeah, 100%. And the other thing with the Supercoach, I mean, we've had some really odd scores the last couple of years where you think someone's going to score a lot better than they would, and then you think other guys would score lower and they've actually gone higher with a lot of turnovers and so on and so forth. Jack Crisp, I mean, 
it's really is that fluctuation, isn't it? Two years ago, he really did decently. Last year, he struggled a little bit with the scores. It's a little bit unpredictable, super coach. So if you think that he's potentially going to bounce back in super coach There's value. and maintain the same numbers, he's well worth a punt because he's probably underpriced. Yep. And you could probably say the same with AFL Fantasy. In those final 10 games going at 105, there's a value of about eight points a game already sitting on the board. Um, I think, though, when we do talk about him and, and, and two reasons that people might not go for him, um, the, the two that I could probably identify firstly is around we do have a lot of value in our back lines. We've already talked about a couple of players um, throughout the 50 most relevant in Tom Duday, Dan Houston, no doubt. Um, there'll be a Sam Doherty will probably uh, appear who's a very popular underpriced option potentially. That certainly is a concern for some coaches. And then the second might be where he finds himself land on the multi-buy rounds with Doherty and Lloyd um, as a clear two popular picks. They'll be off that multi-buy round then, depending on the formats. Others options like Luke Ryan, Basha Hooley, Christian Salem all become candidates. Those are probably the two reasons people might hesitate to pick him. Yeah, if I haven't said that, though, I mean, we're, there's a reason why they're under, like, they're slightly lower price. Whether it's a roll with a Houston or whether it's injury with a Doherty or so on and so forth. So, I mean... I think people will cater their arguments for what they want to do. Confirmation bias, so, yeah. Yeah, of course. So what what the, what that means is, okay, if someone doesn't trust Doherty, there's no reason why they shouldn't trust Crisp in that essence, mm. okay? So it's, he's just an absolute viable option if you're not going to take on Doherty from the word go. Having said that, if you're still uncertain about roles and I'm talking about guys like Blakely and mm. Houston. Again, there is no uncertainty about role with Chris. Correct. We know that he's going to play. We know he's going to play a lot of games. And we know that his durability and his potential is just nuts, especially in this year's allocated and eligible defenders, you know, in both across the format. Yeah. So so I just I just don't think there's going to be much risk there at all but again this is the most relevant isn't it so that's why we probably not really looking at the most the best viable options yeah. we're more looking at the most relevant for the year so that's why he comes in in the 40s i'd say yeah no you're pretty much spot on with that well, well let's talk about drafts because i think for some people they might find themselves more in afl fantasy and dream team there's value in supercoach the more this podcast goes on people might be finding themselves just moving into their team pickers and looking for one jay crisp as a starting squad option let's talk about where he goes in drafts i, I think in Dream Team and Fantasy formats, he's going to be one of the first defenders off the board. Lloyd and Laird, probably by name value, um, will go ahead of him. Maybe even you can build the case of Basha Hooley, who had such an incredible last year. And then he's in probably going to get picked. So he's going to be a D1 for people. Um, and gosh, depending on the way people choose to draft, not that I'd go this early, but he could be gone as early as late second round. He could be, but I think he's going to slide. Mm. So he's the type of player that people don't, how can I say, they don't have that market reputation about, so they don't overhype him. So I wouldn't be surprised if guys like Doherty 
and so and a few others Sicily, go ahead yeah. of him. Sicily, Doherty, the more um, flashy, favourable Caleb Daniel, yeah. like those guys might go ahead of him, and you might be lucky enough to pick up your D one in the fourth round. Jeez, that'd be nice. You, uh, it would be nice, I reckon. Yeah, it'd be really, really nice. I, I agree. He, should, in my opinion, he shouldn't be in the top twenty or twenty-five players drafted. But gosh, if I had a third round or a fourth round pick, and I didn't have a defender just yet, and I saw Crispy, I'd be thinking, "Yeah, I'm on the money here. I'm absolutely jumping on board." This in Super Coach, it's a, it's a little bit different. I guess it depends how you choose to play the game too. Do you like to really fill up in other lines and just not be too worried about your defenders? Because Based on where he's at, he's probably going to get picked as a D2, but I wouldn't be opposed to him being your D1 if it meant you were stacking your other lines. What's your take on him in Supercoach drafts? Yeah, I agree. So if you're going deeper in the midfield or in the forwards, I I definitely think he then becomes a very viable option in your defence. All right, mate. Hey, you appreciate it. Yep, no worries at all. I just cut you off so you can actually say what you want to (laughs) say. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, it's all good, mate. I was just going to say, there's every there's every chance he could easily be in the top five to ten defenders at the end of this year for any, for Supercoach. For all so, the formats, yeah. Yeah, for D1, there's, he's not a terrible option for you, D1. Yeah, I think so too. All right, if you want to go and check out the article on Jack Crisp or any of the other players of the 50 most relevant, you can go and do that at coachespanel.tv. While you're there, it's got all the links for how you can join our Patreon army and get 24-hour early access to these podcasts. Yep, people are ahead of the game, and that is because they are part of the Patreon. You can join in while you're there. Subscribe to these podcasts via Spotify and iTunes so that as soon as they are made available, you will get them straight to your device. We get to number 45 tomorrow, and it's an absolute cracker. 